Buongiorno a tutti. Afternoon. Some of you, it's evening. It feels like evening, even if it's morning, or vice versa. This is Pastor Rick and Pastor Jen. We're going to wait a couple seconds and let people get on. Um, you know, Sundays, we have a great, powerful service. And on Wednesday night, we have an amazing prayer time together. We don't want you to miss that. And on Thursday at noon, I've been having so much fun on our Thursday Connect Live. And then on um, Friday evening, our young adults have been doing different things. So this is an occasional Tuesday talk with Pastor Rick and Jen. Keyword uh, occasional. <laughs> uh, Keyword with, because we want you to know that we are with you wherever you are in this process of COVID-19, stay at home, I've been calling it staycation, uh, even though there's not a whole lot to do on staycation, uh, there's a lot to do for the Lord, and a lot of time as we reflect. So, um, first of all, while we're doing Tuesday Talk, um, Pastor Rick, why don't you kind of give us some of the things you're praising God for, for Easter? What did Easter mean to you this year? Well, one of the things that I thought that uh, since we've had to adjust um, the entirety of the service to make it just be online, um, I thought we should try some different things. And um, one of the things, as most of you know, earlier uh, or late last year, early this year, I said that we're going to put a whole lot more emphasis on our online presence and having no idea that COVID-19 would show up a few months later. And uh, because of that, uh, it has given us opportunity to think outside of the box for our church there in Rome, and which has uh, been an encouragement because one of the things uh, two weeks ago, we had reached um, about 100,000, 110,000 people were reached online. Um, with our platforms. And I, I encouraged our church to invite someone to attend and with them. Uh, now, for some of you, that's in a whole other country. I get that. But um, we understand now that the, the reach for Sunday's message was approximately 240,000 people. That's amazing. Now, that's incredible. The that's, tech team is amazing. <laughs> and, and so the reach was out there, but the people that actually, that, that means they got a notice that, hey, watch this. But the people that actually watched it was a little more than 80,000 people. Now, that's a lot of people watching our Sunday service. And so we've got the big reach. We've got the 80,000 people that actually watched the entirety of the message. Now, here is the thing that was so exciting for me. Then people gave their life to Christ. And people that we would have never had the opportunity to tell the resurrection story because of one of you, you shared it, you sent it to your friend, etc. It exploded and many people gave their lives to Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So as a church, we should be grateful for our ministry, and then, of course, having the Katinas with us Sunday 
you know, they're my friends for years and years and, and years. And did you know Joe Katina, one of them, they, he woke up at 4 a.m. to be a part of our service and wrote me later of how much it meant to them as well. So um, there is a ripple effect. Even in these talks, I know that um, this is a place where we can talk about what's valuable in our lives and those things that we have, you know, questions about. And so that ripple effect happens every time you share the good news. And so right now, many of you are feeling more, maybe it's a little easier to just click a button that says share, but actually you're giving someone the gospel of Christ in your response, in your attitude. I got my mug this morning. It says, let all that you do be done in love. And so because we love you, we're going to answer some of these questions you've written in as well. And just remember that when you share your worries and your prayers and your praises, everything you do has influence. And this kind of started because we were going to do an influence conference. And so that got postponed. So I want you to think about the influence that you have when you ask a question and your tone of voice, all of those things really matter. And, and some of you have never used these kind of platforms and, and, and things in, in your lifetime. Uh, your kids may have, or uh, some of you have never watched services online before. So this is a, a, a whole nother way of getting the gospel out. And remember, we've got a lot of people that need to hear God loves them. So uh, like I preached Sunday, you're God's ambassador. And if we're God's ambassadors, it doesn't mean we just go up to our neighbor's door and knock on the door. This is a, 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 a interaction. To me, it's even easier. You just push a button and it goes out and you say, well, pastor, I haven't figured that out. I've got all kinds of tech kids that would love to answer your questions. I may not have the answer. Pastor Jim may not have them, but we can help you. So just send us a question. Say, how do we do what you're talking about? And we will be happy to either send you a personal note and a checkbox of how to do it, or we'll do it right here on the live uh, question and answer today. So and thank you for joining us. We've got producers that are sending me messages, keeping me keeping us on track as well. So thank you for that. Listen, um, in that ripple effect, someone from India made a commitment and said, I want to be a part of the family of God. Then someone else emailed me and said, I live in uh, Sri Lanka. But my brother lives in Rome, and through your prayers, we believe God is healing his heart and drawing him closer. So these things really matter. I also wanted us to give a testimony um, that, you know, again, these are connections. These are an exchange. Uh, Rick's mom, we're not going to spend a lot, a lot of time on it now. We can talk about it tomorrow. But she's had a really good report from the doctor. And we, I mean, it's a miraculous report. And so God is not done with miracles. He is not done. He's not run out of the power for miracles. Our little granddaughter, Juliana, has been having very high fevers for the last two or three days. And she had a really good night. So thank you for your prayers for Juliana as well. Um, okay, so here's the first question. Question number one. How, these were written in to us through our survey. Um, how often should a person speak in tongues and practice their walk with the Holy Spirit? Well, it's a great question. Whoever you wrote the question. Minutes. I got two minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's your time. Frame. <laughs> uh, because it, 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 we are a Pentecostal church, which means we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know who is watching this online. It's not just the people from ICF that could be watching. 
So I, I'm going to try to help you understand what it means to pray in the Spirit. There's a number of times in Scripture, and I want to give you at least three references for later on for you to study, um, that talks about praying in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 14, verse number 15. That's number one scripture. Number two scripture is Paul wrote in Ephesians 6, 18. And his words in 6, 18 were, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Wow. Well, there's the answer. That's God's answer. With all kinds of prayers and requests. What's the reference again? Ephesians 6, 18. And then the third reference I want you to have and you can study this later, is Jude 20. There's only one chapter in Jude, so verse number 20. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. So when you think about, there, there are three that I gave you. There's more. It's asking you to pray in the Spirit. And I often tell people, listen, friend. The Holy Spirit is there to empower you and to build you up. So why wouldn't you want to pray in the Spirit? Which means praying in that heavenly prayer language. That, that, that dimension of supernatural connection from you to, to the Father. Who the only person that can understand it is God. So why wouldn't you want to pray like that? So and, that God can hear your prayers. And because God understands it, it's a, I mean, this whole thing, this whole last 40, 50 days, this whole stay at home is about surrender. We have to surrender uh, our privileges. We have to surrender our transportation ways. But this is surrendering to God in my prayer so that I don't even have to know the words I'm praying. What I know is that as I am in the Holy Spirit, I am touching the supernatural realm on behalf of those who I've prayed for. I've already prayed all my words in my language. So when I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit language, I'm reaching, I'm tapping into a whole new resource that's there, which is really So helpful. encouragement to you, whoever wrote the question is, pray every day. I'm serious. If you pray in English, which you should pray often, or your scripture language. says, whatever native tongue you have, if you pray in that, pray in the Spirit. And I would encourage you as your pastor to pray as much in the Spirit as you do in your tongue. Now that's, you know, you think, oh, pastor, listen, it's a discipline. And I'm telling you, the discipline of praying in the Spirit will work out for spiritual maturity. Tell so, us those three scriptures one more time. They'll first Corinthians in the chat. 14, 15. Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. Ephesians 6, 18. And Jude 20. Awesome. Okay, another question we had is, um, and we'll answer this one shortly, but how do I develop faith friendships? How do I develop my friendship when someone else isn't walking with Christ like I am? And especially when people newly come to Christ and their heart begins to get on fire for the Lord, some of those old patterns, those old lifestyle ways, are you start to notice a very big difference. And so it's really important that you... You know, I don't think Jesus ever rejected anybody. And, but it doesn't mean that he did what they did when he went to their house or when he called them down from the tree. He was still Jesus. He was still the nature of God. So I think 
Um, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add about that one. I think you should be careful. Um, friendships in today's world, um, you should always ask the Lord for to bring surrounding you good, healthy friendships. And sometimes, unfortunately, you have to make decisions to sever uh, a, a relationship. Or to put distance between. Put distance between. That's a good thought. So that you're protecting yourself. I, I used to hear people tell me all the time, well, I'm going to date this person. Now, we're not necessarily talking about dating right this second. But I'm going to date this person, and they're a sinner. And they, they do terrible things, but I'm going to date them because they look great. Well, I can tell you, unfortunately, most of the times, it's going to turn out bad. Because the Bible says, don't put yourself together with darkness. If you, you do that, the outcome is probably going to be bad. And what you thought was, I'm going to lead them to Christ, and they're going to be just like me. Unfortunately, their friendship group is usually dark. It's usually not good. And it brings confusion. And I've had many, many people who have sat in my office and we've talked about how they've given their heart and their love to friends who have betrayed them and hurt them. And so putting that good, safe distance between the, the times that you're really close you know, I want somebody speaking into my life who's going to encourage my faith, who's going to tell me God answers right. prayer. Don't give up when it's hard. And we can be that to someone else. But when we're talking about close friendships, you just have to guard who gets to be in that inner circle. All right. Any new questions? Okay. Stop yes. Right this okay. Um, let me see here. How about this one? Um, there's a few that are about how do we get involved in ministry at our church? And so some of them we don't know if they're talking about in Rome or from somewhere else because we have people all over the place. And so one of the things that we say about getting involved in ministry is that you got to show up. You got to be there. And um, so some of the things, just go through some of these things we talked about a little bit. Leadership and people that are involved in ministry and leadership. What are kind of the qualities that you think are valuable? Well, it one of the things that's so important in, in developing into a leader at our church, and I really believe that all churches should have some kind of a basis. We have a, 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 um, a process by which you become a leader at ICF Rome. And when you first get into the process, you go to these classes. And these classes are, are taught by godly, powerful individuals that are watching you respond to the class. How do you interact with people? How do you give answers? How do you show uh, up? How do you show up? Are you faithful? And from those series of classes, and all you have to do is go online and you, we can tell you what they are. And we are. have classes right now, even in this process, going on on Sunday and, morning and, before church. And they will help you. And what they do is that you are now being faithful to church. You're now being faithful in your service unto the Lord. When, when, we're, when we're cleaning up the church, we're moving chairs. I'm looking over there, and there's brother so-and-so. There's sister so-and-so. They're working. They're serving. Because, listen, servanthood is the key component to leadership. That's good. If you don't want anything else out of this day, servanthood is the key component. Jesus was a servant. Okay. And so you tell me. 
do you have to be a global professional to be a servant leader? Just answer. No. Okay. Do you have to be over a certain age to be a leader? No. And the proof, before she asks the second one, the proof is that in our church, we have 43 ministry captains. That's what we call them. Of the 43 ministry captains, 23 of them are are, um, not global professionals, number one. Maybe university students, or they work in some other kind of Young field. adults, or et cetera. We have single, we have married, so we have we, grandparents. We also have a big diversity, because when you're looking at an international church, you don't only want to have one nation leading the whole church. You want to have diversity. So we look at age, we look at countries, we look at regions of the world, we look at background, we look at what you're presently doing as a component, because if I want leaders to lead, I want people that are mixing, being a part of the assembly that we have. Awesome. And so um, I would say in any church, you know, there's a there's a way that you come and you get involved at our church because a lot of people are only in Rome for maybe a year, sometimes even six months. So we don't say you have to just sit and observe for a year, although some churches do have that requirement. No, and no. I don't... I don't think it's necessarily wrong if you live in that town for 10 years or whatever. But at our church, what we say is you need to go to these classes. And they are six to eight weeks long. And once you finish the first six weeks, you can we immediately begin to filter. Like, for example, our worship team, um, once a month on a normal basis, we have a monthly, we call it a worship workshop or maybe a worship experience, whatever. And those are the times when we do auditions. We say, oh, here's a new drummer, here's a new singer, and we get people involved and engaged. So we try to keep that door open at least once a month. So, But every church is different. So, And every time period is different. And so one of the things you have to do when you're coming in and you want to serve is to keep that heart, like he said, of being a servant leader. Um, another question that we had is, uh, what about that whole thing of fake it, Till you make it. And so I want to say, sometimes I love I've never heard that. You never heard it? Fake no. it till you make it? Fake it. <laughs> Don't, Don't fake, fake it. it. Don't no. fake it. But I want to say, faith it. You can say faith. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. Faith it till you make Fede. it. Again, we have been talking about what does the Bible say about these things? So I want to read to you Isaiah 61. Starting at verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. That's you and me as Christ followers. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news. It doesn't say he made me happy so I could proclaim good news. Uh, I might proclaim good news in the midst of bad news. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Sometimes I may be even binding up my own broken heart. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Not just when I'm not mourning, but to comfort all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So some versions say, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So I know that there are times when um, when you were sick, but you still preached on Sunday morning. Would you call that faking it till you made it? No, that's faith. 
Because if I didn't have faith to get up there, God gave me the strength and the anointing to do it. But when I was done, I was done. And, but I had to step out there because miracles happen because of my faith. Amen. And I think we live in a world where everybody cares so much about feelings. My, and really about self. Myself, my selfies. And so I really think that in this time period, while um, we're sitting at home and we're thinking about a lot of things, this is a time for you to reprogram your mind to really let the Lord transform the DNA about the way you think about life and difficult situations. So, um, you know, I remember the day in the hospital, in the waiting room, when they aborted the surgery and the doctor told me, your husband is going to die or he is never going to speak again. And I didn't prepare you for that. So I don't know the answers, but here's the bad news. And immediately, this is why I love how these questions go together. Because I know how to pray in the spirit, I began to pray in the spirit, even under my breath, while my daughters were asking other questions. I was not faking it. I remember walking out to a room full of about a dozen pastors who were in the waiting room with me at that hospital. And yes, I did cry. So I wasn't faking that I had sadness and I had heard bad news. But I remember saying, we're going to pray and we're not going to relent until God does perform whatever's going to happen. And so I, I think this whole concept of you have to fill your mind with the word of God. And when you do that, it's never faking it. It's putting on the, the weapons of our warfare. So um, let's see here. We have another question on this one, I think. Um, yeah. Okay. So this is one, again, along the lines of worship teams and ministry and things like that. I think um, you love worship. You love right. the aspect of music and worship. What's happening to you? Think about this question. What's happening to you when you're getting ready as a pastor or a preacher for that day, whatever that service is, and you're sitting there and you're swept into the presence of the Lord by an amazing worship team? What happens to you when that happens? Well, let me explain it biblically. I picture in my mind that I'm about to go into warfare. And what that means is that there are people that I believe that are in that room that day that need an absolute miracle of God. They may have never heard God loves them. And they've showed up to our room or now are watching online. And I better be ready to handle it. I better not just have my message together, but spiritually, I better be ready. So what, is it so what I what I picture is just like in the Battle of Jericho, that those guys went forward and they put the musicians, they put the worshipers out there first, and they began the march around. So I'm picturing in my mind, my spiritual mind, my, my physical mind, that my, our worship team is about to go into battle with us and we're leading them first. So it, what it means is, scripturally, is God pulls up a chair and sits down in our midst. Now listen, any pastor needs God to pull up a chair in the church when I'm about to preach or anybody else is about to preach. Because if God's in the house, something good is about to happen. Think of that. If God's in the house, something good. If man's just in the house, we're just going to have a, a social event. But if God's in the house, look what's about to happen. 
God is going to do those miracles. So you're not just <clears throat> seeing a singer or hearing a guitar. You're actually feeling the strength of the Holy Spirit come upon you as they lead us into that atmosphere. Yes, and that's why I, I'm really big, and they, the worship team knows, we, we can't have distractions on the platform when we're trying to lead people into worship. What do you mean by that? Well, Pat, we can't have the guy walk across the stage for no reason. And we can't have somebody just put a microphone somewhere because they decided. So it's organized and prepared. And just like a, a group of warriors would be prepared, they have practiced their military strategy. Um, Pastor Rick likes to use the football and sports analogy that um, the team has practiced Lots of different strategies and preparations for victory. A lot of plays, a lot of plays. And on that day, it's like you're running onto the field to take that victory. And the victory is for someone's life to be changed. And it's not just the new believer. I know for me, the yeah. worship is for me. I'm an old believer. But when that worship is so rich and I can see that worshiper worshiping, I know that they have trusted in the Lord and been faithful with him. Um, that is such a powerful thing for Christian and non-Christian alike that may be hearing that. And so um, I think it's just really, really awesome and powerful when we, when we do that. So in other words, we need worshipers. Now our choir, which is another area of ministry that we want to keep advancing, choir helps us realize who's faithful, who's going to be there. Who comes to church and works and practices? Because we don't just throw somebody up on the stage that hasn't practiced, didn't learn their stuff during the week, comes up there. We don't have time. The way our church is structured with our quiet zones and all the things because of the condominiums, our worship team has a limited time to practice to get ready for that battle we're about to walk into. And in some churches, and I, I'm finding out um, as we travel around as well, that um, a lot, we're, not, we're not the only ones that have to do practice for the worship set right in the sanctuary as people are coming in. We're not the only ones who have to do that. But it's not like we have a separate room where somebody can say, oh, that note stunk, or I didn't like that. I mean, you're already, even during practice, setting an atmosphere. So definitely choosing people that can blend together and just yield to that. Whoever is the worship team leader that week is really important because it's setting a tone of unity and openness for the Holy Spirit to come in, even in practice. So that's why I love to see some of our uh, amazing participants in the worship team, that when they're not on a microphone or on an instrument, they're in the choir. I know Veronica was watching earlier, and Veronica, I just love your worship. So that worship, you know, when somebody else is worshiping the Lord and you don't feel like it and you can watch them, they're worshiping God. They're not looking at who's looking at them, but they're worshiping God. That and, is so powerful. And let me tell you one more component about this, because worship is such an integral part. Listen, if you're up or if you're trying to get on stage so that somebody can see you, I can tell you that is not going to make it. Well, it's the wrong motivation. And you, you need to be humble before the Lord so that when you get the opportunity, to be a worshiper, I have a great, I have a great is example. engaging people to follow Christ. In any ministry that you want to be a part of, whatever that might be, kids ministry, uh, youth ministry, hanging out with teenagers, if you're doing it because it makes you feel good, that's why you're doing it. I would suggest that maybe you need to look deeper. Because for me, 
I chose to follow God to be a missionary, not because I thought I would be on Facebook Live or because it felt, it didn't feel good. Not all of it, some of it did. Some of it felt amazing. I love living in Rome, Italy. I love the international ministries that we get to be a part of. But it didn't feel good to leave my family, to put all my stuff in a box that I don't even know where it is half, you know, now, and to let go of everything. But you know what? When it's been hard to do the work of the ministry, I don't quit because I don't feel good. And sometimes, especially in music and other ministries, I think if you do it only because it makes you feel good, then if you don't feel good, you quit and you don't show up and you get an attitude. But or I'm, you just, didn't get I'm just speaking from my experience. I'm thankful that I didn't choose to follow Christ in full-time ministry because it feels good. I chose to do it because I felt that's what God was saying to me. It was out of obedience. It does feel good most of the time, but there are days when it doesn't, and it's because of my calling that I don't quit, that I yield to whatever else is happening in the room. So, um, you know, here's another question. We have a couple more questions. Um, How do we approach this COVID-19 pandemic with grace and humility? How do we think about this matter theologically? Hmm. Good question. I mean, when you think about it, uh, we have had in our world, wars, uh, other um, epidemics, other pandemics. We've had uh, earthquakes. We've had tornadoes. We've had hurricanes. We've had a number of things that have happened in society over decades. And, And on a lot of those things I just mentioned, there was a whole lot of people that lost their lives and affected society. In some instances, if you read history in in these kind of situations, it wiped out entire tribes of people. It wiped out groups or sections of a a city or a town. Um, and, And in some instances, almost an entire country. So because of that, I think you've got to understand that the enemy wreaks havoc in the world. And we cannot put all the blame on one thing. Because if you start pointing the finger of blame, well, I think it was this, or I think it was that. This is where you've got to do. You've got to say, look, I'm going to try to protect myself and my family being covered by the Holy Spirit and the Lord. And let him protect me through this pandemic. Just like you would have prayed if somebody would have been in a war. We're praying for God's protection. So don't view it like theologically. I'm going to try to figure this out of why this happened at this particular time. Because you're going to spend a whole lot of time. And what I would do is I'd look at history. And history has been filled with these kind of crises. And when crises arise, it's our moment for the Christian. It's our moment for the church to not go underground. It's our moment to get even stronger and get the word out that God can help us in the midst of these crises. Good. And you know what? It reminds me of a friend in Russia that I met many years ago. And she had been in a very dark place in Russia, uh, not at liberty to do anything, but she had one page of the Old Testament in a baggie in her garden. So in spite of how difficult it was for her, social media was not like it it is now. 
She was able every day to stay in the word. She was able every day to pray and trust the Lord. And she gardened and she was kind to her friends around her. And when the Lord brought us on a mission team to her and we brought her a Bible with all the pages, you can imagine how she felt. I want you to think about during this pandemic how you can imagine how it feels when someone is hearing that God loves them. There's no sin committed that, that God won't forgive. And that these bad things that happen in the world, God is not the author of bad. He is a good God. And so um, I just want to encourage you in that to stay in the word. Uh, again, it kind of flows with these questions. Pray in the Holy Spirit. That's what you do. You pray in the Holy Spirit. Um, okay, let me see here. Um, so another question was, well, these are along the line of how to maneuver with a holy life with a family member who doesn't believe in Christ. And also um, those that are in their relationship with Jesus, but they really are feeling depleted or like I can't do anything and I'm so weary. Uh, we had someone who wanted to remain anonymous about saying, I feel so dry, but would you pray for me? And um, I, I just want you to be encouraged that you need to give yourself the same grace that Jesus gives you. Jesus slept. He slept on the boat in the middle of a storm. Um, in, in our world, when we have something like this, it is traumatic. And people respond to trauma in different ways. And so it's not wrong to take a nap. It's, if, you, if your body is saying you need to sleep, then sleep. You've got time to do that right now. We don't always have time to take a nap. You took a nap a couple days ago. Yesterday. It was great. <laughs> First time I've taken a nap in a long time. Wow, I took a nap. It doesn't mean you're weak. It just means, you know, your brain is thinking, yes, you are strong. Okay. No, uh, I, I think the other side of that is, listen, there are some things that you can do um, because you just can't sit around on a couch and watch TV or read all day. Get up and do something. You know, just march in your house if you have to. Uh, you know, jump up and down. Do some, do some exercise in your home. Uh, you say, well, that's not very spiritual. Yeah, it is very spiritual. Um, if you can get out, walk on your balcony, walk on your balcony. Um, do something. Do some, some, some kind of movement that will help you. Um, and that is something that in your chemical body, that will help move you. It will help push you. And uh, get up, take a shower, get your clothes on for the day, uh, and, and make yourself healthy. Eat some healthy stuff. Um, and uh, I found myself, it's easy to just get the snack food, uh, <laughs> but you got to eat healthy. Okay. Uh, okay. So before we answer a couple more, what is your favorite snack food? Oreos and milk. <laughs> Oreos and milk? And they finally got them in Italy right before I left. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, my favorite snack food in America is Doritos and Frito bean dip. <laughs> Uh, and what I'm really missing. What are you missing during this time of My America? cappuccino! It's so bad in America. So, and so expensive. My goodness. Okay. Um, what are and, you missing? Oh, everything. <laughs> I miss, uh, I mean, I don't miss the traffic on the Colombo. <laughs> but, uh, 
even the, even that when I'm in the traffic on the way to the church every day, uh, I use it as a time to worship. And if he's driving, I use it as a time to work and answer emails. So uh, I do. I love fresh fruits and vegetables, and I'm thankful for that. Um, we've had a couple questions too about, um, and you can think about this as you look at this question about how do you plan for the future, and what about you know different churches who are planning for the vision for their for their campuses and how we do that and um, you know I just believe the Bible says without a vision the people perish and you're going to want to join me on Thursday for our Thursday connect because we're going to talk about waiting on the Lord and Mary Carey I don't know if you're watching but she wrote me a comment that is just going to resonate with me for a long time Mary I love you so much and when I said you know why is waiting hard and how does that, she said, we have to learn to be on God's pace, wow. that we have to be on God's timetable. And so we actually read a book, God of the Long View by Dr. David Wigington. It's an excellent book, God of the Long View. So how does it play into your mind with vision and, and things that you're pursuing for the ministry in Italy and ICF Rome? Um, where do we go from here? And do we keep going? Do we keep pursuing? Do you, does this answer this question too? I haven't read that one. But yeah, I'll let you okay. Read well, first of all, as you know, I, I, I have gotten inspired about this online presence. Um, and, and for you that are a part of our church in Rome, you've got to understand there are people now in the world that really believe and feel that we are their church. Yes, and they send us notes. Thank you, Pastor. You're my church. You know, the Rome church is our church. It's who we fellowship with. Now, I'm going to figure out a way, because I've got all these wonderful tech kids, that we're going to put together who all these people are. I, we'll do that. But I, it has just inspired me that, listen, if I can challenge you to go out and tell one person, and, and Sunday we reached 80,000 people that watched the message, what, what would happen if our whole church got together and our whole online campus got together and we aggressively became Christ's ambassadors? So in my mind, one of the things I'm going to do while I'm here in this shutdown is I'm going to work to get our, our, our whole presence online better. So you're talking about a building that is made with people. No, our online is not made with, it's made with people, but no structure. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do better at that. We, we're going to make the, the, the program. Sunday's message is going to be powerful, but we've got a special um, uh, music team that's joining us to be a part of our worship set Sunday. And, um, and some of you may be saying, well, why don't we do that? They're in Rome. We will do it. But as of right now, there's special licenses that you have to have to sing songs online. Mm -hmm. You can't just sing anybody's song. It, 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 there's fees and things you have to do. Uh, so uh, one of the questions that has just been written in is in regards to our legacy campaign. What are we going to do about a building? Well, ICF Rome people, you need to understand you've got three guys that are a part of the finance team, uh, Ben Joseph, Ernest Lardy, and Nasha. Uh, and they are great men of God. 
that have faith in God. And they are helping me in this process, in this journey. And as most of you know, we were at the point of, in the final discussions of buying this particular building, and then COVID hit. And through some delays now that has happened, we have felt that this is our moment to pause. And what I mean by pause is we're just hitting like the pause button. And we're going to wait because, first of all, legally, there'd be no way to file all the documents and do all the paperwork because we, you know, we're all different places and, and et cetera, et cetera. There's a, there's a whole lot of legal stuff there. But some of my pastor friends have said to me, and, and, that, and in my prayer time, I've thought that maybe that God has a way of even reducing the amount of money we will have to pay because of there may be additional buildings that have opened up or the current one that we're looking at, it may get a reduction in the pricing because there is a lot more buildings that have hit the market. And I love this because the Bible says all things work together for good. And this is that pause. This is that God's pace and timing. That That's what the Lord was saying to me too, that pause, delays do not mean denial. Right. Or we're not stopping. We're pursuing. We're right. gonna, we have a vision. We're going to make that vision happen if, if the Lord wills. Um, we're going to keep pursuing it. But the pause is wisdom. And I think what happens when you don't pause, when the Holy Spirit says, like you always say, you keep walking through until a door like shuts and then you wait, you pray and you knock again and either the door opens or another door opens. And that's kind of what's happened over five years. There've been a couple times when we were going and then the Lord turned us into a different direction. But um, we have had testimonies and heard testimonies of a couple different ones in Italy, in the Italians, uh, who were able in other cities after trying for 25 years to get permits. 25 years well, and I they're mean, all italian in their team they're all italian yeah and have just recently we're not gonna use, we're not gonna disclose their name or anything yeah, I can't do that. yeah. But, but i want you to know like they've gotten you know in the middle of all this they got the yes they got the, the permit to go ahead so when god's ready everything unfolds right and, and it'll be the right place at the right time and so those men that are are, are on our team that they're, they're using, I believe, God's wisdom to inspire them to help us make the decisions at the right time. And, and that's why I would like to encourage you. The online giving is still there. You can still continue to give the legacy. And we're but, still paying the rent in the current building. And one of the reasons that we've been slow in, in the earlier days is because we didn't have enough funding. And we've got to have, you don't just buy cash, you don't, just buy a building because you can sign sign a document. You got to have finances to back that up, and uh, you know we still we still need to raise um, a whole lot of money. And so, if you're watching online today and you're trying to figure out uh, where you're going to give some money, um, there there is ways through our website. I'd love for you to give to our legacy campaign and help us buy the very first building ever bought by the Assemblies of God for International Christian Fellowship, renting for 32 years. That day needs to be over so that we can purchase. And, 
And so the, the vision and glory of God. And the vision propels you forward. Right. The timing is where we listen to the Lord. And we have, like he said, great advisors that help us. And each church will do things differently as well. But it, it has meant so much to us. And I know to Pastor Rick to have really wise pastors who have multiple campuses and multiple ways of doing ministry. And they also have multiple problems and hindrances. Uh, one of our friends who has everything amazing technology, technology went down on them on Sunday morning for about, I don't know, 45 minutes or something on Easter Sunday. So none of us are immune right. to what's happening, but we want to, we just want to thank you for letting us kind of pull up a chair have our cup of coffee or a cup of, this is actually hot water for me. It's tea for me. And let everything be done no in love. <laughs> and um, so as we close in prayer for this Tuesday talk, don't forget to join us. We've had some amazing miracles happening during our Wednesday night prayer. And don't forget to sign up. You can go online and whenever there's a class, you were, you know, we're hearing a lot of things that we have to use wisdom and caution for with Zoom meetings and everything. So we're not putting all the details out there publicly. If someone really wants to join a class, they can register on the website at www.icfrom.org and um, they can click in to various different areas. And we will have emails for leaders that, um, like young adults, we have a group and they're doing a, I think it's a Thursday night trivia game from, you know, all these people are doing all these Friday amazing night things. Friday Bible study for young yes. adults. I'm reading the notes right here. And they do prayer at 9 p.m. if you want to be a part of that. So we'll get some of those links up there as well for you. But um, just stay engaged. Don't isolate. I've heard testimonies of people saying, I thought I didn't need anybody, but during this time I realized I do need people. And it's true. We need each other. Amen. And it means a lot. And, you know, we try to give you something somewhat pleasant to look at during the camera time. But as I say on Thursdays, we have our moments too. It's an emotional roller coaster where, you know, we've been up for the last couple of nights praying and, and just petitioning the Holy Spirit for our granddaughter. And, um, but God is faithful and he's faithful. In fact, I have to tell you, there are two men that are leaders in our Assemblies of God, Greg Mundus, who's our leader over all of the Assemblies of God World Missionaries, and um, Thomas Carpenter, who both had the virus, both were ventilated. They've been 19 weeks. No. 19. Not weeks. Days. 19 days. Oh, that, it's, that, it's been a long time. It's been a very long time. Three weeks. So it, uh, I don't remember. I saw 19 for something. But anyway, um, both ventilated, both sedated. Um, now they're coming off sedation. Kidneys that weren't functioning are now functioning. Um, Brother Carpenter is responding to instructions. Uh, Brother Griggs breathing on his own more and more as they wean him down from the dependency. So it's just a reminder that God answers prayer, that miracles still happen and miracles are possible. So click on those links, um, reach out to people in, in your city and stay connected and just know that we love you. So you want to close us out in a prayer of victory? Lord, thanks for all these friends that have watched today. Lord, I pray those that have logged in and they had a question and hopefully we've been able to answer their question today and they've been encouraged and inspired to keep marching. Lord, I thank you that in these difficult days that you have prepared uh, to protect us. Yes, 
the preparation on your part is you don't let anything harm us. And Lord, we pray for your continued protection upon us. God, I pray for every family. I pray for every single. I pray for every uh, person that has watched today. I pray you encourage them. Uh, whether they watch later or they've watched live, God, either way, God, I just pray that they will be encouraged today. And like I said yesterday, God, that they will have a great week, Amen. that the spirit of heaviness has lifted from them. They have lifted up their head because you are their God and you are the God that sustains us and equips us for what we're about to do. Lord, thank you for each and every friend continue to help us in our reach around the world so that we can truly be your ambassadors. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So I want you to put a smile on your face. <laughs> if you have a roommate, give him a hug. Give me two hugs. Okay, there's another hug. And faith it till you make it. We love you.